2: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the godfather. Now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
3: VGW Group. No purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office. Wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM. What is happening?
1: Time for What's Happening.
3: What's happening?
1: Well, people in uh, Cyprus, the neighborhood in uh, Orange County, have been out in the street gawking, gawking at the rooftops. What are they looking at? They're looking at a snowy owl. Yeah, because guess what? I don't know if that's ever happened before, a snowy owl here in Southern California. The snowy owl does uh, live in, well, there's several snowy owls around the globe, but the North American snowy owl, Uh, Tends to spend its time in Canada and the very northern part of the contiguous United States. And then uh, sometimes it'll dip down into the lower half of the United States. But it doesn't come down this far. It's down so far, this guy. Yeah. Oh, good. We have, ladies and gentlemen, thank you to producer Mondo for arranging this interview. We have with us the snowy owl who is currently on a rooftop in Cypress, California. Welcome to KFI, sir. Yes. Oh, really? Oh, his favorite show, he said, is Gary and Shannon. Now, yes. What um, brings you all the way down to Southern California? You've never been to Disneyland before. What? What is the what's the specific attraction that you have been looking forward to going on at Disneyland? Oh, it's a small world. That's wonderful. Now, uh, I gotta ask you something though. Uh do, do you have money? Do do you have a credit card by chance? So you're saying, I know that was a short answer, but it said so much. You're saying that you did apply for a credit card from one of the major banks and they turned you down because you were an owl and you have filed a civil rights lawsuit against them? Yeah. Um, well, here's the thing. Um, by the way, what is your, what's your what's your name? Morton. Oh, well, Morton, here's the thing. I want to tell you that uh, tickets to Disneyland are very expensive. I don't know if you knew this, but you were talking uh, – a hundred, 150 bucks probably to get into Disneyland. I don't know if you were able to fly down with enough money to get in there. Did you? Yeah. Oh man. I am am so, so sorry, uh, Morton, but I don't think you're going to be able to go to Disneyland. Uh, Maybe Knott's Berry Farm. I don't know how much money you brought with you, or you could just hang out there on the rooftops of cyprus what do you think about all those people gathering the streets looking up at you oh i didn't know oh i didn't know you were looking for more followers on your instagram what's your instagram account at morton the snowy owl who got lost and came to la to go to disneyland and is in cyprus on a roof that's your whole instagram handle Okay, I don't I don't know that people are going to want to type all that in. But I tell you what, best of luck to you. And I hope you enjoy the attention. And listen, between you and me, knowing a little bit about fame, he said with his tongue in his cheek, don't let all this attention go to your head because uh, the people can be fickle and they may love you today. But tomorrow you're going to tell an off color joke or something. They're not going to love you anymore. All right, there he goes, the snowy owl. That really is, there is a snowy owl in Cyprus. No history of any snowy owl sightings here in Southern California. There was a snowy owl sighting in Hawaii a few years ago, and that seems to be about it. So I don't know if I'm saying to you that this is good enough to drive down to Cyprus to see it, but if you happen to live and you know where the snowy owl is in Cyprus, you definitely should go out and take a look. And we have kind of a, this is not a fun story, I'm afraid, but a guy from Alaska got a great phone call. He had been on the list to get a heart transplant for a while, and he got the call that they had one for him at the University of Washington Medical Center in Seattle. So he gets on an Alaska Airlines flight from Fairbanks to Seattle, and then, well, he can't get on it because it's canceled. Now, Alaska Airlines comes out like heroes here. They got him on another flight, even with all the other stuff going on. You know what's been going on with air travel. And he gets on another flight that they arranged for him. And then, unfortunately, because of the weather, they had to reroute that flight to Anchorage, which he didn't know until he got off the plane. Now he's panicking. Now he's worried that he's going to lose this donor heart. And sure enough, even though he said Alaska Airlines jumped through hoops, to get him there to Seattle. The weather just wouldn't allow it. And he got a call from the transplant coordinator that they had to give the heart to somebody else. And so, you know, fingers crossed that uh, he can can get another one before too long now that the weather is cleared. By the way, I'm Wayne Resnick from The Morning Show sitting in for Gary and Shannon. They're back from their vacation next week at one o'clock Pacific time, coming up in about uh, 40 minutes. We're expecting a press conference from the police in Moscow, Idaho, looking for more details about their investigation and how it led to the arrest of a suspect uh, in Pennsylvania who is being extradited to Idaho to answer charges of first-degree murder. Brian Koberger is his name, and we will bring that to you live as soon as it starts Uh, Speaking of the criminal justice system, remember Rick Singer, the guy who was the head of the college admission scandal known as Operation Varsity Blues? Well, he is finally going to be sentenced next week for his involvement in the thing. Over 50 people so far have already been convicted, and that involved paying bribes and Uh, faking photographs and videos and faking accomplishments and embellishing academic resumes and helping kids cheat on entrance exams, Uh, almost always from rich families. And he is, I think, the last, he may be the last remaining defendant in this whole thing. Prosecutors want six years for him. That would be the longest sentence handed down. His lawyers want him to get one year of home confinement. As for Singer himself, he uh, sent a letter to the court, and he said he was really sorry and all that stuff that people say, and also said that now he lives in a trailer park for seniors. He's not that old. He's only 62. He lives in a trailer park for seniors, and he cannot get a job despite trying, and he says more than 1,000 times to get a job. He can't get one. So next week we will see uh, what happens with him. And now we turn to the debate as all the travel debacle because of the weather and the flight cancellations uh, die down. Now we can turn our attention in this still busy travel season to an issue that is dividing Americans. Should they allow babies in first class? People sometimes splurge money they don't necessarily have or have comfortably to fly first class. And sure, do you want to fly first class because the seat's bigger? Yes. Do you want to fly first class because you don't have to pay to check bags? Yeah. Do you want to fly first class if you can because you get some food? It's not what it used to be, apparently. Well, I mean, I remember flying regular old coach uh, back in the day. and You got a whole meal, like a hot meal. And then that stopped, but still in first class until somewhat recently, I, I believe you would still get a hot meal in there. And now I think you get a choice of a turkey sandwich or a bowl of granola. But at least you get something. And the people in coach, they don't get anything unless they buy it. So yes, that's another reason to fly first class. But the number one reason cited by travelers to fly first class is peace and quiet. And among business travelers, 70% of them said the number one terrible thing about flying are children. And so you have the dispute. The airlines, at least thus far, the airlines have clearly been put into the pocket of big baby because the airlines have no age restriction. You can bring, if you're talking about airline rules, you could give birth and just take that baby off the operating table, clean it up, and take it on an airplane with you. There's no lower age limit for a child flying with an adult in coach or in first class. So they don't, I'm not aware of any airlines uh, in the United States that run kid-free flights. There are no airlines that have kid-free sections on their airplanes. And yet the airlines exist to make money. And it is a fact that two of the most requested things from airline passengers are kid-free flights and kid-free sections on the plane if you won't give us a kid-free flight. And there's a reason that flying with a child, and I'm talking more about babies. Once a kid you know, gets up to even three, four, five, it's a different problem. Th- that's a different problem because that's about uh, really, is the parent a good parent or did they blow it already and they have a they have a loud brat on their hands who won't listen? But babies, you know ba- babies aren't brats yet. babies have not become terrors yet. Babies are just babies. They don't know they're on an airplane. they don't know what's going on. But when you get on an airplane and everybody knows this, there's a change in air pressure and their little baby ears pop and they don't like it and it hurts and it's uncomfortable and they cry and they cry so loud. Babies defy the laws of physics and acoustics. You, to make sound, you need air movement. To make louder sound, you need more air movement. Now, babies have these tiny little lungs that they have. There's only so much air they can breathe in. There's only so much air that they can breathe out. And yet, somehow, a little baby lung can produce who concert-level sounds. I don't know how they do it. I wish science would find out. But if you've been on a plane with a screaming, crying baby, you know how loud it is, or... And I'm just thinking about this now at the top of my head. Or is it that it isn't really that loud if you had a decibel meter, that it's not really that loud? It just seems that loud because it's so annoying. But my point is, this is a a phenomenon of nature and biology, and the baby is not misbehaving. A crying baby on a plane is not misbehaving. And a crying baby on a plane certainly did not ask to be in first class. I mean, they didn't even ask to get on an airplane. And so this is really more about the parents and whether or not the parents should ever be doing this. And here's where we get into the tension, because first class flyers generally have paid a lot of money. Uh, Some of them have been upgraded or whatever, but generally there's a lot of money involved and they don't want this disturbance. But a parent who has an opportunity to fly first class with a baby, they want to do it so bad. They like a big seat, too. They like uh, a turkey sandwich, too. They like not having to pay to check a bag, too. And what's weird about it is when they do surveys of parents who travel with children, they like peace and quiet, too. Isn't that irony there? They want peace and quiet just like you want peace and quiet, but they're also the reason there's no peace and quiet on the airplane. I say this. there's no law about it, so we have to look to the world of etiquette. What does the world of etiquette say about bringing a baby on first class? I go to the Swan School of Protocol, which is an etiquette school in Carlsbad, California, and the founder, Elaine Swan, says, you got to make an informed decision about whether your kid's going to be a disruption. And if you aren't confident... That your kid won't be a disruption, you should select another section of the plane. Right now, it's Swamp Watch. In the Pulse force Senate. The swamp is horrible. So government doesn't work. Come on, man to make this like a, a reality TV
3: show. Corn Pop was a bad dude. It's always a pleasure to be anywhere but Washington, D.C. Hey, Joe. Hey, Esther. A town all too clearly built on a swamp, and in so many ways, still a swamp. That's a bunch of malarkey. Somebody said, drain the swamp. I said, oh, that's so hokey. Keep yapping, man. Swamp Watch. Shh. You know the thing.
1: And we start off with M. Wynn from ABC News because it's finally all done, isn't it, M? Welcome to KFI.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Wayne. Yeah, just in time for the new year, right? President Biden signs this $1.7 trillion spending bill Thursday, keeping the government open and ensuring funding for most of 2023, at least from here through September. And you know, the little dance is going to happen again as to what that bill could look like next year. But for now, we should be good through next year. President Biden calling it a year of historic progress. Now, remember, Biden is actually vacationing in St. Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands. So this bill that was passed in the Senate and the House was actually sent to the White House Wednesday and then had to be flown to him for this signing. Of course, this spending bill has a lot packed into it, right? There was $858 billion in defense funding. If you remember, Republicans hailed a part of that a victory by getting rid of the COVID-19 vaccine mandate for active military. That was a big back and forth. Just a few weeks ago when this negotiation was going on. They've also got $45 billion in funding to Ukraine and NATO allies, which is actually more than the White House even asked for. And then there's the $772 billion in non-defense discretionary programs. This includes anything from disaster aid to funding the U.S. Capitol Police. To funding, FBI's efforts to curb extremist violence and domestic terrorism, to college access, child care, mental health, food assistance, the list goes on. But something really important for Democrats was the Electoral Count Reform Act. This clarifies the VP's role as ceremonial when counting the Electoral College votes. Of course, that stems from the January 6th attack in the Capitol. One other thing to note that Republicans were hailing a victory was a reduction to the IRS spending. It was about $275 million dollars in reductions. The GOP hailing that a win because they really do want to to block the hiring of about 87,000 new agents. They say that they're out to get the Americans' money. So they said that's a, a win for them. Um, certainly a number of things that both sides did not get, Democrats, they wanted to have this expansion of child tax credit. Republicans wanted corporate and individual tax breaks. And the White House for months, I've been asking for about $10 billion in additional funding for COVID-19. None of those did uh, actually get into the spending bill.
1: Was there was there maybe less compromise than you might see otherwise because you still have a, a Democratic majority in the House and that slim lead in the Senate? And next year, when the Republicans control the House, it it it's going to be even harder to get something done, isn't it?
0: Yeah, certainly. I mean, this specific bill passed the Senate 68 to 29, so it was looking pretty good in the Senate. Over in the House, it passed with just nine Republicans voting in favor, which means it still was much uh, controversy in this bill. Many Republicans didn't want to vote for it, so a lot of the Democratic priorities really made its way in. Both sides overall still kind of a victory because they got a few of what they wanted into this bill. But still, this marks one of the final times that President Biden and Democrats are putting their imprint on government spending before Republicans take the majority. So, of course, at that point, Wayne, the GOP will have much more leverage at getting the provisions they want into this bill. Um, and not just this bill. In legislation moving forward, they're going to be able to decide what bills actually come to the House floor. Overall, though, if they really want to get something big passed, they'll still need to strike some sort of balance as, of course, Democrats still control the Senate and the new Congress.
1: So as someone as someone uh, tethered to the news cycles, as you are a news professional, are you maybe expecting next year the return uh, of the phrase congressional gridlock?
0: (laughs) Right. I mean, we've seen congressional gridlock, even with just Democrats having the majority in the House. And the Senate, of course, remember that this bill actually started in September where there was a continuing resolution that pushed it down the line to December when there was another continuing resolution, meaning there were still pieces of gridlock that were keeping this bill from passing. Finally, they did get to the omnibus bill, which, of course, President Biden just signed. So next year, definitely going to be very contentious. Upcoming two years, we already are hearing of House Republicans pushing back on what they have been wanting on the House floor as of right now. Also, we're going to see all of the committees going to be changing direction as to what they're going to be investigating. They've already been asking the White House questions as to what they want to look into, including the energy crisis, uh, drugs in the U.S., the Afghanistan withdrawal, uh, COVID origins, and of course, the president's family. So there's certainly going to be a contentious back and forth uh, from here on out.
1: You will not be bored next year at all on your beat. That is for sure. <laughs> M, thank you so much for coming on KFI and explaining that for us. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right. M. Wynn from ABC News. Uh, in a little bit, we're going to have Andy Field from ABC News because they're out. Oh, yeah. The six years of uh, former President Trump's tax returns are out. And does that really mean anything? But before we get some news from Amy King, I do, we have to bring up this guy again, this George Santos, congressman elect. You might be tired of hearing about him and his lies, except here's the thing there's another apparent lie. It might be the worst lie of all lying about working for big Wall Street companies when you didn't, that's one thing. Lying about getting degrees from different schools that you may not have attended, that's one thing. Lying about being Jewish when apparently you're not Jewish, that's something, that's a weird lie, given, especially given the climate of late in this country and world. It's kind of a weird lie to want people to think you're Jewish when you're not Jewish. But now, uh, George Santos is under fire for repeatedly claiming that his mom was a 9-11 survivor who was in her office. I'm quoting now, in her office in the South Tower. On September 11, 2001, she died of cancer in 2016. Everybody agrees that that is true. But he had said about her that she was a 9-11 survivor, was in office in the South Tower, and then passed away a few years later when she lost her battle to cancer. And at one point, he even said that both of his parents had been in the towers on 9-11. He kept saying this as recently as last year, In a tweet where he said that 9-11 claimed my mother's life and uh, investigators from the media, you know, reporters and stuff, they can find no record of his mom ever working anywhere at the World Trade Center. And it looks like uh, his lies possibly have extended into the unforgivable You lie on the eyes of your own mother. Uh, Gary and Shannon on vacation for the holidays. They'll be back next week. Coming up at 2 o'clock, some special programming for you. I believe there's some Best of John and Ken, and then there's also a KFI News special. And I'm not going to lie to you right now. I don't know who I'm upsetting here by When I tell you this, I have not been provided any more specific information about that. If I had it, I would share it with you. I promise. We are expecting, at 1 o'clock, just a few minutes from now, a press conference from the police in Moscow, Idaho, who have been investigating that quadruple murder of college students that happened last month. And we've been able to tell you about uh, the big development, which is the arrest of a suspect in connection with that. Uh, and it is a guy named Brian Coburg and he is 28 and he is from the, uh, from Pennsylvania, but has spent a lot of time in the Pacific Northwest at school and going back and forth. And he was arrested in Pennsylvania, taken to court, ordered held without bail pending extradition to Idaho to face first degree murder charges. And also that they found a a white Hyundai Elantra where he was in Pennsylvania. And that is the kind of car that the authorities said they believe might be connected to the murders because a car like that was seen near the house around the time of the murders. So it's starting to come together that that their theory is uh, that this is the guy. Now, I'm sorry. I know somebody said something to me in my ear. We have Andy Field. Okay, fantastic. So we're still actually doing Swamp Watch here. I'm happy to bring on from ABC News, Andy (laughs) Field. And Andy, welcome to KFI. And tell us about these tax returns. Is it uh, proving to be the bombshell that some people wanted?
2: Not if you've been following Donald Trump's taxes. Uh, If if you followed what the New York, Times is released and what the committee has reported already, none of this is going to knock your hair back. Uh, But there are certainly a lot of questions. And we have to remember that the reason that these taxes were released and even looked into in the first place is because this Joint Committee on Taxation in Congress uh, is supposed to make sure that the IRS is doing its job. And apparently the IRS was not doing its job. Uh, You remember that we heard from former President Trump multiple times that he would release his taxes just as soon as the IRS finished auditing them. Well, it turns out the IRS wasn't auditing them, at least not for the first two years of his presidency. Uh, And that uh, he would claim in debates that he was paying paying millions of dollars in taxes uh, in certain years um, when he ran again against Joe Biden. And it turns out he paid $750 in taxes now that we see his tax returns. So there's a lot of misrepresentation by the former president uh, in public, which may or may not sway voters. That's up to the voters, but uh, certainly there's nothing illegal about using the tax code to your advantage. There are a whole lot of questions that, that seem um, that they should have an audit, and that is that uh, Donald Trump made a lot of loans to his children and that he collected interest on those loans, but they the, the interest was way below market rates. Uh, A lot of wealthy people do those types of things in order to avoid giant gift taxes to their children. So if you give your child money, you have to pay, uh, I think it's upwards of 40% gift tax. If you make it as a loan, you don't have to pay any tax on it. And uh, they just pay interest on it. But the question is, did they really do that? Did they really pay him back? He can claim it, uh, but none of that stuff was audited. And that's one of the reasons that presidents um, under IRS regulations do get audited to make sure they're not breaking the law, that they're not using their most powerful position to line their pockets and enrich themselves at the cost of taxpayers. There's also one other thing that was interesting here, and that is uh, how many foreign bank accounts he held held and how much business he did overseas. Uh, Apparently, he paid more in taxes in China than he did in the United States. All the while, while he was saying that uh, Joe Biden, when he ran against him, was in the pocket of China and was lining his pockets with millions of dollars. Well, we've seen Joe Biden's tax return. He had no income from China. But uh, Donald Trump apparently did and ended up having to pay a whole lot of taxes. This is a lot. Um,
1: oh, there's my- more. I'm, just giving, I'm, giving, oh, th- I'm giving you the Reader's Digest version here. Oh, my goodness. Well, let me just let me just say, like, so far, my reaction here is that uh, Donald Trump sounds like he did a lot of things that a lot of business people at his level do. So far, you haven't. And I'm not sticking up for him. I, I know you don't you don't know me. I've made it clear over and over. I don't like him. I didn't vote for him. I wouldn't vote for him. But so far, I haven't heard anything here about what he may have done with his taxes. That shocks me. But I do think the real story here is why, after auditing presidents as a custom and habit for so long, why they didn't audit him. Now, you say you have more? Oh, there's
2: more. He claimed no charitable deductions in 2020, despite the fact publicly he said he was donating his entire $400,000 salary to charity every year. Well, if he did. And this is a guy who takes every deduction you think you would take. Didn't show up on his tax returns.
1: Oh, now, could that be maybe because um, he didn't need the deduction to get the the tax outcome that he wanted, and so why bother doing the extra work? It's
2: possible. As opposed to, the, I, other, the other thing is th- there's no indication that Donald Trump didn't take a tax deduction he couldn't take. Uh, there's something about some property that he had in New York where he promised not to develop it so it would stay wild and for, and and then value this thing at i think upwards of 20 million dollars the question is and this is what an auditor would look at is it really worth 20 million dollars and can you take 20 million dollars off your tax liability for something that may be only worth a million dollars these are the questions and this is exactly why the irs routinely audits presidents to make sure they're not getting away with these things remember The head of the IRS is an employee who can be hired and fired by the president. Your employee Mm -hmm. is going to look into your taxes. Well, it appears that his employee did not look into his taxes, especially uh, run by uh, the IRS, by someone he handpicked and appointed who had praised the president for not releasing his taxes in the first place before he got the job.
1: Now, could could he be audited now?
2: It's possible. Uh, I don't – you know, the IRS pretty much keeps private audits very close. Uh, that's under mm-hmm. a state uh, under statute. And what's interesting is that uh, Donald Trump tweeted on Truth Social today and this is a terrible precedent that the taxation uh, department uh, – the taxation committee released my private uh, uh, documents here that the Supreme Court should have never done it, that they should have never done it that this means they're going to do this for every American citizen they feel like doing. And the problem is they have to have a legislative reason to do it. So yeah. if they take my taxes and say we're just going to release Andy Fields' taxes, there needs to be a legislative reason to do it that for some reason the IRS failed miserably with me and uh, I got some kind of special treatment. Uh, you're not going to find that because I paid plenty of taxes and <laughs> as well as most Americans do. And what's really odd is that uh, this man, who has publicly claimed to be one of the richest people on the planet, uh, in some years paid zero taxes, in other years paid only $750 in taxes. And he's going and campaigning and asking people who make minimum wage or very low income to give him money so he can continue his fight for the presidency.
1: Wow. Uh, Andy, this was – wow – I mean, I knew there'd be stuff there. I did, but you uh, over-delivered. I don't mean that in a bad way. Well, it wasn't that
2: it was delivering. It was the committee that <laughs> put all this stuff
1: You up. exceeded expectations here. Thank you so much. Great to talk to you. And Good I'm sure we'll hear too. more about what's in those tax returns. All right, there he goes, Andy Field from ABC News. Uh, we are going to throw to news with Amy King. And then I do have stuff prepared to talk about. In fact, my plan is until the... Press conference starts about the arrest of the suspect in the quadruple murder in Idaho to talk about some positive things from the year. And I will do that. But at any moment when that press conference starts, we will take you to it live. So you may be jarred a little bit, something may be interrupted, news might get interrupted, a spot might get interrupted because we want to bring that press conference to you as soon as it starts. And that is what is coming up here on KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
1: (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground